Good man, just fix it in the mix. Exactly. We're good. So, anyways, we're back. Okay, we're happening. We've been deciding on renaming the podcast. It was the Lucky Southern Devils podcast. We've been thinking, hey, maybe we'll have a little change. You know, things have been different. It's been a while. So, you got any ideas? What about Voltage Pod? Mm, I was thinking Voltage Talk. That's funny you yeah. said. See, yeah. all right, there we go. Mix it in. So, Voltage Talk, Voltage Pod. I think you got to get um, the brand name in there as much as you can. Brand yeah. recognition is so important these days. It, it is, but I also think of sometimes, you know how like every podcast is basically, you know, like, oh, um, check this out last night. Or like, it's all like a, a sentence like that. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Where it'd yeah. be like, yeah, I thought about that. And then that's the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could have our own type of phrase. I don't know what it's going to be. Probably just stick to voltage. voltage yeah, talk. voltage talk <laughs> is it's. I like it. Yeah. It's got a good ring to it. Feels, Hell yeah, feels good. Well, we're back. We're here. This is Chase Arocha. How's it going? Uh, I'm here with Russ Glasterman. He's a drummer extraordinaire. Plays all over town. He's uh, currently residing in Nashville. Originally from Ithaca, New York. Correct. Hey, there you go. You know, he's traveled a long way to get here. And um, plays for all sorts of artists, uh, country, funk, whatever, you name it. He's there. How's it going, dude? It's going real good, man. Feeling good. This is my first podcast. Dude, well, appreciate you coming on. Excited about it. It's been a while since I've talked to one, so it probably sounds like it's my first podcast too, but that works out. No, this is good. I love the relaxed atmosphere of this. Just chilling. This couch is phenomenal, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we have a I new setup. We, we've been trying to change things up from our normal little like desk setup. We have our jam room now. We have our little podcast studio type thing going on. So we're going to be bringing a lot more people throughout the year. It's going to be awesome. You're more than welcome to join us on more of those. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So I got to ask you a few questions off the bat. Okay. Ready. So who do you play for right now? Currently, Currently I play for D. White, who is a great country singer out of Alabama. And I've been working with him for about a year now. It's been pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I've been enjoying it. Um, We were out a lot of the last year touring and opening, opening for some people and and doing that stuff. And Man, it's really fun. Yeah. You're also, you play a lot downtown as well, like Broadway type stuff or anything? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've i I've really been enjoying doing that recently. I've gotten in with some groups that are doing a lot of different diverse things and it's been really fun. That's super cool, man. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, the one way like we first started talking um, because of a trio that you were in, the Hughes Trio. Oh, yeah. Which those guys are awesome. Um, you know, shout outs to Brandon and Michael, killer players. Great guys. And um and that was what uh it was a buddy of mine, Michael Lucarelli, who I play with, and he was telling me that I need to go see you guys. And then I showed up at uh this bar, I think it was a four oh five. Oh yeah, four oh four bar. Four oh four bar, yeah. And um I showed up there and you guys proceeded to blow my fucking mind. Oh, thank you, <laughs> with man. With a bunch of... Dude, it was like fusion madness. And <laughs> yeah, and Brandon Salway, dude, is... 
a monster on the guitar. Like I, I follow him on Instagram and I've told you this before, but even then like he, there's like stuff he's always working on and he's like constantly just, you know, evolving as a player, which is really cool. But I, what I mean is he'll like find pieces that he's like, Oh yeah, just got this and started working on it today. And he's nailing stuff immediately. That would take me, you know, what feels like a month to start to master. He just has a really, and it's every day. Every day is mm-hmm. like a new piece. He has this just really awesome, like driven mind. Yeah, I think for him, it's not even so much of a work ethic. I think he just wakes up every morning and just has this compulsion to create and listen and write yeah. and learn and expand. And it's just so cool because, you know, whether I'm talking to him or I'm seeing something he's doing on Instagram, it's it's always something. You know, he's got yeah, this yeah. Pro- uh, this project Elk that he's doing right now. I don't know oh, if you've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. But that's just so crazy because he'll just get a bunch of people together in a studio and it'll be like a string section and a a rhythm section and then he'll show up with his son full stack (laughs) and half of it will be like a chamber orchestra piece and the other half will be like a noise drone kind of john cagey thing and then it's all tied together with these um these really ethereal vocals and just all kinds of crazy sounds and then he'll come in and he'll be like okay this is the string section part please play this note for note. But then over here, these three people are just going to improvise completely freely over this like <laughs> yeah. through composed thing that I've written already. Yeah. And, and every, every uh, EP and album that he puts out with Elk is it's completely different. And it's really not, you can't even categorize it by genre really. No, it's, 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 it's just, just a, cool. it's an amalgamation of uh, every, almost like every style. Or yeah. maybe no style. Yeah, you know, no, it's like completely exactly. his own thing. You know. Yeah, which makes it feel like this genuine place it comes from. That's what I mean. it's oh, really yeah. like. It's not to impress anybody. It's not to do anything. It's just like this sick, brilliant mind. Oh yeah, you know, pumping out music. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome to watch. A- everything that to. that he does, he does because it's it's just passion. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been like, oh, I need to get as good as that person or I'm going to mm-hmm. do this because this other person is like he's just his he's got his mind. It's just he's just going all the time. Yeah. So it's cool to see. It's inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Really inspiring. That's the way I, I look at it. It's very inspiring. Man. And it it yeah. makes me go, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. OK. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna, but it also at the same just like you said, it makes me then look at my playing and go, you know what? Like, who gives a fuck what anybody's doing right now? You know, like, Instagram is sometimes a really great thing for players, I think, to some get exposure, but also meet other different people. But then, at the same time, it's this, like, double-edged sword that can make you see, like, oh, I don't know shit, dude. Because there's these monsters out there that can do stuff that you've never heard of before. You know what I mean? And it, it can... In some ways, I've found, like with myself, and not saying all the time, but I've definitely had moments where you find yourself comparing yourself to others easier because of a social media outlet like that. Mm-hmm. That um, it can make you kind of, oh yeah, almost feel like you're not progressing, even though you most likely are because you're putting in work and you're you're doing things for your instrument. But having that kind of lens can 
can fuck with things. But what I enjoy about watching him or following him is it inspires me to then not give a fuck about that. Like that exact thing that I'm saying, like stop doing that. Yeah. I think you just have to blaze your own trail. You have Mm -hmm. to be really honest with yourself as to what your interests are. Yeah. And for a lot of people, they might have a lot of interests that are in vastly different categories. Mm-hmm. And they just have to figure out what they are. Like for me, I'm like, wow, I love stoner rock, but I also love hip hop. And I yeah. also love 90s alternative. I also love jazz, you know, and I also, you know, love like old school rock and roll. Like I love all these things. They're not really connected, but, you know, I might turn on. You know, it's like Crowbar or Weed Eater or some like mm-hmm. stoner metal. I'd be like, man, that's awesome. Like, I really want to like write some riffs. I'll like plug in my guitar and like get into that. And then like right after that, I'll put on like Tribe Called Quest and I'll be like, oh my God, like Dilla's the best. Like I just, yeah. I need to, <laughs> exactly. I'll start looking up like NPCs and you know, like, oh, what's it cost? What's an NPC cost? You know, yeah, like yeah. That. And so it's like, I think that as long as you're honest and you're true with yourself and the direction that you want to go in, it's like, you're good. That's a you great. Know? That's a great statement, man. That's yeah. exactly true. Yeah. And and for the Instagram thing, I think that it is really easy to compare yourself to other people. But what I've found, and an epiphany that I've had recently with music, is that you can take the smallest, minute little idea from anybody and just immediately incorporate it into your own playing. Yeah. And for me, yeah. that's so huge. Like I used to, you know, look at especially like gospel drummers and stuff on Instagram. And I'd just be like, Oh my God, those guys are amazing. I'll never be able to do that. But now I look at those videos and I'm like, Whoa, they ended that fill on like the end of four. Like I've never thought about like coming out of a fill that way, you know, yeah, or yeah. it's like, Oh, they used a, a splash to accent, you know, this cool idea, never thought about that that way. It's like, literally, you can, anybody can take the smallest piece of information and incorporate it into their playing. Like, there's always something to learn mm-hmm. for everybody at all ability levels. You can always yeah. take something from it, you know? Yeah, so in more of a way to look at it is like, I just opened up, instead of Instagram comparing yourself to others, look at it like, I just opened up a library of licks that now I can incorporate into my playing and find ways, well, not even taking the licks, but taking something and building upon it, making it your own. Yeah, licks and like even beyond licks, like just mentalities of people. You know, like I'll look at, I'll look at an Instagram or a YouTube video of a drum and I'll be like, wow, they're so confident or like they're just Mm, like owning that groove. Like if I just like get on stage and I just... You know, and I just think to myself, like, all right, I'm just going to own this groove tonight. This is my groove tonight. It's like literally just you can get inspired by seeing the headspace that the other people are in and even get mm-hmm. inspiration from that. It doesn't even have to be a lick like you like just they're they're the way they're emotionally, you know, coming across in the music like you can use that, you know, Their for essence. your own inspiration. Yeah. Like I do that all the time with drummers. I'm like, oh, that dude's like. I, uh, a, a, a while ago when I was like, I don't know, I'm almost 30, but like mm. 10 years ago when I was in my twenties, <laughs> which is crazy. I know how you feel. But uh, like 10 years ago, you know, people would be like, man, you don't ever smile when you drum. And I'd be like, well, I don't need to smile because it, it's about the music and blah, whatever. <laughs> and then I, I, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to try to smile on this gig and, and see what happens. And what ended up happening was that it smiling just made me happier 
And that's yeah. like philosophical, you know, it's like psychological as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you smile, your brain will actually recognize that and it will actually bring you more happiness. Your yeah, brain will actually endorphins. Yeah. create dopamine and, and, and endorphins. And, and what I actually found was just the simple act of doing that. It only took one or two gigs of me thinking about it consciously. And now it's what it did is I just remembered like, oh, mu- yeah, music is like the, it's so important. Like, how could you not? just smile Mm -hmm. such a joyful experience you know speaking on that like what do you do well like in the way you just explained some of it but also what do you do before you go on the stage and then while you go on stage like what's your mentality not just smiling but like what's your mentality of you know how you approach the room or anything because for me in my early 20s what i did a lot was um as a way to I guess, instill confidence in myself. And I was in school at the time. It was even more competitive. Mm -hmm. And so I had this mentality that was basically, you know, I had moments of doubting myself or anything like that. But by the time it went to go on stage, I kind of would pump myself up in this way and just basically be the second I step on stage, even I don't have to be the best player or anything. But in that moment right now, when this is my time, I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room. And like nobody fucks with me here in my space, you know? And so it was like this more like claiming, you know, kind of things. And as I've gotten older, I don't feel like it's necessarily met with such aggression anymore and more of a sense of like, I love this more than anything in the world. And it's still the same where not I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room, but I'm the happiest motherfucker in the room right now. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. so I, I didn't know if how do, how do you feel when you go through things? That's what you speaking of that made me just think of that's how I literally think a lot. Of sure, man. Yeah. Well, I like to think of myself as being like a pretty analytical person. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've always been a person that's like pretty focused on like the factual nature of, of what things are. So the way that I approach being on stage is is pretty much like. I already know what the parts are for the most part. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, you know, if you're playing jazz or something, there's going to be a more of a, you know, it's going to be more improv based. Mm-hmm. But the way that I think about it is like, I know these parts and I already kind of know what I'm going to play. So I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to play it. I'm yeah, just going to yeah. play it the best I can. And especially, you know, with D white, um, all of those parts are, are pretty much set in stone, which is actually mm-hmm. kind of a new, experience for me going out and playing more or less the same thing every night you know obviously some of the fills are a little different but even in the places where there are drum fills it's like okay this is a two beat fill you know this is a one Mm. measure fill this is the fill that sets up this figure you know even all those are like fairly calculated so before i go on stage i just think you know uh I, I have an idea of, of what I'm going to play and how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I just go out there and, and I do it. Do you ever do any like uh, visualization or anything like that? I had um, a teacher of mine. His name was Dan Gilbert. He's a really cool jazz player and um, a great guy. But one of the things he does is like a night before a show or even just, you know, if it's a really big show. But a lot of times it's every morning. He'll, he kind of has this like shrine to guitar in his place. And he lights some incense and he kind of sits and meditates for a little while and what he's doing is visualizing the entire show happening and like kind of what he's kind of like you were saying knowing the parts and like how this is going to go and then in case this happens like 
how would I act that and kind of playing it all out in your mind, different scenarios. Hmm. So then when it comes time, you're already comfortable. You're, you've been here before, you know, in, in a way. And, um, I try to take some of that, but, uh, I don't know if you ever do any kind of those practices. Yeah, I kind of do that in a different way. Um, what I've realized about myself is that my best self, whether it's music or just me as a person, is uh, completely within my subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in my ideal best state, it's completely acting and coming from a, a self, like a, a completely subconscious place. Mm-hmm. So. What I know is that there are things that I can do to make my subconscious function at a hundred percent level, mm. you know. And those things for me are like eating right, especially protein. Yeah, drinking a, a ton of water and mm. um, exercising regularly. Really. So if I just sort of do those things in my day to day, whether I'm on the road or not on the road, um, my performances tend to be pretty consistent. That's awesome. And so for me. Um, I don't really do anything to like prepare right before I go on stage, except mm-hmm. for, you know, make sure that I eat a good meal and that I'm hydrated. Yeah. But really just in, in my lifestyle, I try to, um, I just, uh, know that if I do certain things, it's going to be the best, make me the best person I can. And the other thing that I found out is that the way that I play my instrument and the way that I am as a person to me are pretty much the same thing. Mm. Um, to get the best Russ and you know, the happiest Russ is also the same way that I get, you know, the best drum performances. Mm. So for me, if I just stick to those things, like I actually just bought a treadmill, uh, yeah. just cause it's cold outside and I really like to run. <laughs> it's, it's not something that I really like do so much for, you know, looking a certain way or, or whatever, but it just, it makes me feel good and it makes my brain really sharp mm-hmm. and, uh, eating and, uh, you know, eating right and, and being hydrated and all those things. It just, it, it leads me to that place where I don't have to think about what I'm doing That's because it's great, all yeah. happens naturally, you mm-hmm. know? And so my whole thing is just igniting my subconscious and making it function, you know, completely with me just existing yeah that makes sense no that makes perfect sense yeah and even when you're saying that like we had this show at the basement east the other day with voltage talk and um we uh we have this new manager chad he's really awesome he's a very like dedicated guy to what we're wanting to do and he's somebody who's done work with bands before he's a former musician still you know we're always musicians but you know what i mean like played in a bunch of bands and um and then he's done promotion before and so now he's been very invested in helping us grow and really turning this into a uh more organized business you know not that jared does the best job out of the band he's amazing <laughs> like he's always running the ship and like in a great way you know he uh he's super organized and very driven but one of the things they started to try and incorporate was some exercise Mm -hmm. and what we did before the show was we did an hour of yoga he brought this girl out this uh yogi i'm forgetting her name right now unfortunately i'll have to ask him but um uh he brought this girl and we're setting up and then the other bands are coming and loading in equipment and so we had kind of a corner of the venue that we like went to and uh 
it's just really funny that at first we all, I could feel like all of us kind of this self-conscious kind of thing, Mm -hmm. especially when people are walking past us, like looking the whole time there's thrash metal music playing over the speakers. It's like Pantera. And, um, and she's just like, all right, here we go, guys getting into Cobra, then downward dog. All right. (laughs) Feel your breath. And, um, but dude, when I did that hour yoga, and we felt like refreshed and great. And then we had to go on stage like 15 minutes later. We fucking killed like oh, better yeah. than we had before. We were all super tight together and everything was like powerful and we were all like ready. And it was, it was an amazing experience that like, you know, we've played some good shows before. I love that band more than anything. So, you know, I'll always be biased thinking that, but honestly that was like one of our best shows we ever played and it was from having that kind of exercise and that activity that for me especially i'm somebody who suffers from a lot of anxiety i've had a lot of issues with panic attacks and um different things that have been very debilitating for me and uh my biggest fear was always like them keeping me from going on stage or anything like that. Luckily I never had anything like that. I never had a panic attack that kept me. It would always be just, and it's still like that. It's before the show Mm -hmm. I get, I'll get panic attacks or I get like worried. I throw up and, um, and it's, it's been like that for, I guess maybe like two and a half years. We had played for this band I've told you a little bit before, but it um, we'd played for this band and uh, it was very stressful and there was a lot of drama and drug and um, abusive relationship problems within the band. <clears throat> and I was going through my own relationship issues and it was like something popped, dude. And then the way I had to approach shows and everything all had to change from that point on because my original way of doing it was like causing stress and like me to basically just freak out. And, uh, the other night of doing that yoga and you telling me this now, is like really opened my eyes to like, that's exactly what it is. Like, like this, your body has to come before your performance. It has to be in top shape for then you to really be able to express yourself correctly. And if you're not, you're, you know, you're cheating yourself. Yeah. I just see the brain as kind of being a tool. And if yeah. you keep that tool sharp and polished, then it's going to do the best that it can. Exactly. And the, 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 also the, the sharper and cleaner that you keep it, the less work that you have to do mm-hmm. for it to function at its highest capacity. Yeah. You may not need to have an hour of meditation instead, you know, like yeah. it could just be like a, a quick breathing thing or, or whatever. I just mean in my case. Totally. Know, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that meditation is super helpful. I, I actually use that a lot on the road. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's great, man. It's, it's changed my life. I did a lot of like cognitive behavioral therapy workbooks and stuff too, but, um, meditation really like focusing on your breath. And, uh, I do what's called the Wim Hof technique, which is, uh, this large deep breath in, and a half breath out and a large deep breath oh, in cool. and a half breath out. And it's, it's essentially hyperventilating, but in a more controlled way. Okay. And, uh, with doing that, you're, you're basically doing this to a point that you're filling up your body with a lot of oxygen, just bringing a lot creating a lot of red blood cells, mm. you know, um, whether it's always true or not, I'm not a doctor, but you know, then in, in theory, I guess, alkalinizing your blood, you know, raising your pH mm-hmm. level with creating all these red blood cells and then causing you to kind of feel 
almost like I feel more in control of my body at that time. So that anxiety and that freakiness, I almost can feel like it's an organ and I feel like I can kind of move it, you know, when I do that technique and, and you're filling yourself up with all this and then you take a huge breath and hold it and then you release everything out and you like feel your body with your mind, you know, inside that, that kind of, not to be too spiritual or whatever, cause I don't mean it like that. I just mean it's a, an interesting technique to make you yeah. start to attack that. Yeah, I, I totally feel that. I use those meditation podcasts sometimes. Oh, a yeah, little one. yeah. Uh, there's one on Spotify. I think it's called like Five Minute Meditations or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially if I'm I'm on the road, if I'm in a van or something, surrounded by a bunch of people and a bunch of gear and you yeah. know, a little, little box going somewhere for you know, <laughs> 16 hours to yeah. go play half an hour or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, this is a, you know, it's, it's, it's quite an intense sensory experience you know Mm -hmm. you're in this little vibrating box you know with all these people around and all this stuff around and the world is whizzing by you and you know at times that's definitely you know caused me some some stress and anxiety and every time i felt that way just put the headphones on and just as you said breathing and Mm -hmm. and um sometimes for me i'll be i'll be doing a meditation and i i won't feel that change so much in my body but then when it's done after five or ten minutes and i take the headphones off i'm just Mm -hmm. like whoa it's like it just feels like completely different yeah calmer and relaxed and yeah no exactly it's it's great and just to clear your mind it's like my mind is constantly going all the time Mm -hmm. and uh just i feel like i'm always thinking about the next thing and i'm it's I I always try to remember to live in the in the present and sometimes you know especially as a freelance musician it's it's hard to do that because mm-hmm. you're, you're always thinking about preparing for the next show or yeah. you know oh man I've got 15 minutes to get across town how am I going to do this mm-hmm. and you know whatever or still trying to get gigs yeah, and different or, things yeah you know, exactly like just trying to you're like time, you're like, like wow like I've got I've got nothing booked next week yeah exactly <laughs> that's awful and then you know you just you know, for me, if I just sit there and breathe for a little bit and relax, like, it's going to be all right. It's yeah. It's going to be cool. And yeah. it always is cool. You know, I, I, it always ends up working out somehow. I feel you. That's that's actually something I'm really trying to work on, too. And, and I fully agree with it. It always does work out when you really yeah. think about it. Because even like, you know, like having a family and stuff, too, has been something that's uh, I've enjoyed more than anything in the world. And it's been incredible having a daughter that I can like influence in a great way, you know, in a positive way and, and hopefully be a great role model for her, you know, but, um, it's also the same thing where it's like you get this other type of stress that builds where you're like, Oh, I better make this something very successful or I better keep this momentum going of what I mean, because I have people that depend on me, not just me now. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, but exactly i breathe and i take it as more like it's not just like oh no like i'm gonna ruin their lives and more it's like i have two people that support me like yeah i got a i got a fan club already you know what i mean you don't oh, even yeah. need any more fans than that oh it's it's so awesome I it's mean, uh yeah. yeah it's something that's very inspiring and driving um but no no i i loved hearing about that man yeah know. you gotta have you gotta have supporters in your life so important 
I wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, these are some things I was wanting to, I mean, there was things we could talk about the Grammys and whatever, but it's like, who cares? You know, <laughs> people want them. That's awesome. You know, it's, it's yeah. all good. You know, it's all good. The one thing I will say I didn't like was, you know, and I don't know if things have been changed since then, but I had heard how they had, uh, not mentioned Vinnie Paul in the memoriam of like, you know, artists that had died. Yeah. And, you know, I get it. Metal is like no longer, you know, a thing in in the mainstream media's mind, and and um and for selling records, really compared to hip hop and everything. But it's like you know, he influenced so many people. It's a. You want to know why that is a shame, though? It's yeah. a shame because Far Beyond Driven, nineteen ninety four, Pantera's third record. When yeah. that record came out, and went straight to number one on Billboard with mm-hmm. no radio play. No MTV, right. no nothing. It was a grassroots movement of fans that loved the music. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any other band has done that since. Had an album come out and go straight to number one with no commercial support yeah. whatsoever. It's and, incredible. And his brother, like, dude, that Dimebag was like the shit. Dude. Oh, yeah, he was he amazing. Was the shit. <laughs> so like, well, yeah. You know. Vinnie Paul was is still one of my all-time favorites and yeah especially when i was in middle school my buddy actually gave me the uh the 101 live album mm. and uh i listened to that and i was like whoa this band is so cool because it was the heaviest thing i had heard at the time but it was also really groovy and yeah. you know i i was just getting into playing drums around that time and i heard vinnie paul and i was just like whoa this dude is a monster he's got really cool ideas and you know he's obviously a rock and roll drummer through and through but he's got groove and he's got cool licks and yeah and he's i i had uh my parents got me a subscription to drum magazine and there was this advertisement in there of him with a big like 24 inch ride cymbal with this huge bell it was a sabian ad Mm. and it was just him in this like lumberjack you know like red plaid thing with the bandana it's just like kneeling down with the cymbal (laughs) and i i ripped it out of the magazine and i put on my bedroom wall and i was like i want to be that dude he's the the baddest dude he had the uh the beard with the this little thing yeah, shaved yeah, like a yeah, tiger or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's so cool. I, w- I want to <laughs> be that guy someday. Yeah. And then I went and, you know, slowly with my allowance money, I bought every one. Yeah. And it just totally just changed my life. And uh, I'll always remember where I was when Dimebag died and yeah, right. remember where I was when Vinnie Paul died. And man, man it's just uh, in terms of metal bands, uh, they just can't be beat. They're my favorite. Dude, Pantera's the best. My all time favorite. Pantera's man. the best. She's the best. Dude. And like same thing like with Dimebag, he was a dude using solid state distortion, um, oh, getting yeah. like gear nerdy and whatever. No, but I it's love like, it. dude, because there is, and it's it happens all the time. Like the internet is full of these constant just like debates over stupid shit, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like get a sound and enjoy the sound. You don't have to like be this oh, and then Tonewood became this argument online too, like with guitars where Tone, they'll say oh, like oh yeah people will be like oh mahogany or birch all that stuff's bullshit. It's On the an way electric, this is. yeah yeah they say it doesn't affect, and then it's like you know what motherfucker if it does or doesn't whatever who cares this, just you know, find the sound just play the guitar man you know and people lose that so much these mm-hmm. days. I'm actually you know as I said before I'm. Uh, I'm not the youngest person in music anymore, yeah. but uh, it's it's funny because when I started playing drums, there was no 
there was no outside influence really at all. Yeah. Aside from, you know, my friends and, you know, them giving me CDs and whatever. And I know and exactly I, and a couple instructional videos, you know, my, my, my folks, they were like, Oh, he likes drums. Cool. It's, I think, I think uh, my great aunt had a drum set in her, in her attic and they're like, all right, we're going to give him the drums. And then, I think they told a family friend of theirs, they're like, oh, yeah, we got our son some drums. He's like, oh, cool, I've got some, like, instructional VHS tapes. Yeah. And his are like, all right, cool, let's give them those. So for for many, for most of the 90s, I had, like, Terry Bozio instructional oh, yeah. DVD, which is him with black drums, black heads, black cymbals, wearing all black with the big teased 80s hair. The China's <laughs> oh, yeah. like 10 feet up in the air, like all the tune toms and everything. And I was like, all right, this is what drumming is. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. And then it was like a, and then it was like a brushes tutorial. And those were like my two, <laughs> that's like all, and I like, I was like, I just started learning that the Terry Bozio likes because that's yeah. what I had. You and, know? But then it was sky's the limit for you. Now like, it's like, now for somebody, but I almost feel bad for, for young kids that are getting into music now because, uh, there's so much distraction, man. Yeah. And there's yeah. so much like, like you can't play an instrument for a year and just constantly be on Instagram, like comparing yourself to everybody else. You'll give up mm-hmm. or, you, or, and the, the ability to get distracted is so easy. That well, you know what? I hate, how do you to... even, how do you even stay focused anymore? Because of another thing with YouTube and Instagram, you also have these like, and you've had them before, but what I mean is there's also a lot of people who just, it's like anything else. Trends happen and these like weird things start to form where now everybody's doing Neo Soul licks and it's like, oh, okay, we're all going to be this guy now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but then for a while it was, now it's like this gent type thing, you know, or, but, yeah. or, or, um, when Chan and Palafia and all these other bands came out like after the gent uh, wave. There then became this thing where you're like playing R and B licks, but you're doing it on a shred guitar with like light gain, and then uh, and but the drummer's still like metal as fuck, you know, and uh, and and then that's the thing everybody's doing then, like everybody has to have this, and it's like, whatever just happened to just being in your room and you were just sitting playing forever, and then mm-hmm. you made noises like for me it was I, I mine's a similar story to yours, but mine was Zach Wild where. Mm-hmm. I saw yeah. Zach Wilde, and but even before that, I was a bass player, and it was a uh, Les Claypool, a Primus, and then I had heard the California album by um, uh, Mr. Bungle, and mm-hmm. like that, like changed my life, and I was just like, oh, this is like what I want to play like, and I want to do things, and then I saw Too Young to Fall in Love by Motley Crue, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck, you can do this. I'm going to be a musician. Like oh, yeah. That, you know, it made me want to do that. But I wasn't like, oh, I got to buy the Zach Wilde guitar and I got to buy the Zach Wilde pedals and then I got to do the Zach Wilde instructional licks so I played just like Zach Wilde. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about being him because you were just inspired by it. But I feel like I see that a lot of these people. And buying a signature guitar is cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not hating on that. But it's when people are like, I got it, you know, you just got to get the Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, like lick and sound and tone. And then it's like, that's cool. You can be inspired by it and you can work on it. But even Paul Gilbert, who's uh, played for Mr. Big and Racer X and a lot of different people, he even said before that he was like, 
Well, I never like sat and looked at video of eruption playing mm-hmm. and, and and like went, oh, I got to get it note for note. I just tried to learn eruption, you know. And then if I was wrong, that's cool because now I have my own kind of thing that I formed and my own relationship to eruption, you know. Yeah. Instead of, oh, I got to do what True Fire TV says is the right, you know, thing or whatever, you know. Yeah, I think that it's um it's great to be influenced, but you have to be a sum of a lot of different influences. Exactly. Problem is, I, I see a lot of guys who um, they seem like they're only listening to either one guy, or one band, or one thing, mm-hmm. and then they just sound like that band that's, yeah, or that player. That's what I'm saying. And it's exactly. like, well, that guy already exists. You know, I'm not against stealing. Like, steal away, but you got to steal from a lot of different people. Exactly. Make your own, make your own sound out of it. Einstein said, like. The thing, uh, <laughs> what do you say? Like being a genius is just cleverly hiding your sources, you know? Oh yeah, Where absolutely. It, it's like people think you're like this big innovator, and you are in a way because you know I was looking at Anderson Pack play mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago, and like when you listen to his vocal style along with his drumming and these different things, you can hear basically where he took influence from oh th- he got this from this song or this thing you know whatever you want to say curtis mayfield and this you know whatever that he got it from but because of the way he mixed all of it together it sounds like anderson pack it doesn't sound oh, yeah. like any of those people you know yeah. actually i think a great example of that is d'angelo oh yeah because yeah. he i mean i've always been a huge d'angelo fan but he is somebody who took you know all of the funk influences of the 60s and and made his own thing it's yeah. completely unlike it mm-hmm. voodoo and black messiah especially those two records they don't sound like anything else mm-hmm. but all his influences you know were you know sly stone and parliament and mm-hmm. you know all, all those all those funk bands and and you can he hear made his it, own. You, know? you can hear it, but it doesn't sound. And you know, he also took influence from, you know, Jay Dilla and mm-hmm. you know Jimi Hendrix and a bunch of other people. And and his he he made you know the modern standard kind of for neo soul. Yeah. By creating his own sound. Oh, for you sure. He, for even sure. if he didn't go out of his way to create it, he didn't say like, "Oh, this song's going to sound like that Parliament record. This is going to sound like that Bill Withers record. You yeah, know, whatever." Yeah. He just. He just went in there and felt it out and did his own thing and, you know, made history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, on that note, I just have like these last three things to ask you. Okay. Okay. And this is just like a, a nerdy thing for me, but I'm th- I'm feeling like ending the show this way. So okay. like, since we talked to a lot of musicians, what's your dream show venue? Like where you could play city or state or country anywhere in the world that would be your dream to play? Wow. That's a great question. Uh, it would definitely be outdoors because I love yeah. playing outdoors. I love the way that the drums respond to being outdoors, you know, with, with no delay or, or anything. And it's just a very immediate dry sound. Mm-hmm. I've always been a huge fan of like dry sounds, especially from the drums, That's like whether it's really punchy or like, I like, I don't really like my snares to be ringy or anything like that. So uh. it's just sort of like the ultimate dry and uh as to as to where um somewhere like really pretty like maybe like yeah. a national park there or like somewhere like oh man i think that'd be really cool like uh i always thought uh 
Ascend was a really cool venue because mm-hmm. you have the seating or whatever, but then you have this like big grassy knoll above yeah. it. And you have all these people just sitting there on blankets and stuff. Oh, it's awesome for and a show. For I sure. think that's a really it's a cool vibe, obviously, watching bands there, but it's mm-hmm. like it's really cool to see that see that too because, you know, you just like I mean, I, I grew up going to festivals and stuff and, mm-hmm. and my parents took me to a lot of you know, outdoor summer festivals and stuff when I was younger and I you know, I just remember sitting in the grass and and listening to music and I always thought that was really cool and yeah you know I, I think that I don't really know if I have a location so much but I just think like outdoors somewhere beautiful would be really cool that's a great answer no, that's totally great that's awesome okay now if you could have a dream band what members would be in your band oh man that's so hard yeah. uh, I guess it really depends what genre because um it's a dream band, bro. It's, it's dream my dream band. band. Um my my dream band is like riffy, heavy, funky, melodic. Yeah. So man, that's so hard. Um you know, it's funny that you mentioned Chan earlier because yeah. I really I love them. Oh, they're awesome. And, and yeah. I love the guitarist's name. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, Mario yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That dude's awesome. Uh, maybe him on guitar. That'd be really cool because he's like a super melodic player. He's got really, really cool ideas. And, mm-hmm. and But he also like knows how to rock out. I love that. Um, maybe Pino on bass. There you go. That could be pretty wild. Go. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, man, I don't know. Um, do they have to be alive? No, that's uh, Chris Cornell on vocals for there sure. There you go, man. I love Chris there Cornell. There you go. Um, that's like what's coming to me at the moment. That could change and now already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but man, that'd be cool. I think that doing a funky, proggy, heavy thing could be really awesome. I really I admire a lot of '90s alternative stuff mm-hmm. because it manages to be both really groovy and really melodic at the same time and really riffy and i like i really like that i like that big riffy sound where you can just like nod your head to it actually have you ever heard of a band called jimmy's chicken shack yes so they have this great album called pushing the salmonella envelope and i actually i found (laughs) that album i was in third grade i found it at a yard sale and i was just you know what you do in the 90s you know you're just like oh this looks cool i'll buy this for a dollar and Oh, roll I the dice, that, and uh, I took it home, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I, I never, w- I never thought that anybody else knew about the album because, like, they had a single on their next record, but they weren't really that, they weren't really that big. Yeah, I saw them at a really small place called the Haven. No in, way. Um, in Winter Park, Florida. Yeah, that's awesome. Really man. small room, and it was they were awesome. Oh, they're yeah, killer, they're man! Awesome. And then uh, my roommate actually, uh, I was like in my room, and uh, which is in the basement. And I heard sound coming from upstairs. And I was like, whoa, it sounds like Jimmy's Chicken Shack, but there's no way. And I went upstairs and he's like, I was like, dude, is this Jimmy's Chicken Shack? And he's like, yeah, dude. And I was like, whoa, how do you know about this record? <laughs> he's like, dude, my dad showed me this band. I love them. And I was like, dude, I love this band. I had no idea. But yeah, that record is That's just awesome. like, it's kind of the embodiment of what I like about music because they had a really killer drummer. And who was super funky and they had great riffs and they had really great songs and the singer could really could really sing his ass off and bass player was killer and man that's the vibe 
Dude, it's great. It's a great answer. Yeah, man. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it on up. Russ, okay. thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, we're still on the Undecided Name podcast. Okay. You know, I think we're going to have a cool name. Or we might just keep it as is, is as is. So that's yeah. why I'm I'm just kind of letting it letting it flow. Um, but definitely, we'll see you guys next week. And please check out uh, Russ. You can um, your Instagram is. Uh, oh sure, it's uh, Russ Sternglass Music. If yeah. You want to check it out? Russ Sternglass Music. I'm at Chase Arocha. Uh, no, I'm at uh, Chase Takes Picks. That's right. It's Chase Arocha on right. Facebook. And. Um, you know, you can look up Voltage Hawk and everything we got going on VoltageHawk.com if you want uh, our album or t-shirts. And, um, yeah, please keep listening to us, man. We're going to be doing a lot of these and having a lot of different cool musicians in Nashville. Along with that, we're going to be uh, starting to put up some jam videos that we have with these same guests. And those will be on our YouTube channel. So please be on the lookout for those soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you.